Hi, welcome back to the show. Uh, of course, my name is Darcy, and joining me as always is Jason. How's it going in the North Country, buddy? Another warm, warm day. It's like a 40-degree warm-up, man. <laughs> Time for shorts. Yeah, no kidding, eh? I know it, it, it's uh, eerily like spring, but then I know it's supposed to get colder again like next week or late next week, so. I, I have to tell you, that's a funny statement. Only in Alberta can it warm up 40 degrees. You're still minus, you know, one here today. And with that, we say, hey, that feels like spring. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> There's something wrong with this, man. <laughs> I know. I know. And But you know what's nice is I actually found this stuff. And uh, I, I'm going to say that uh, I had some tonight, but on a cold winter's night, there is. I found this stuff from Pearson's Berry Farm, which uh, is a Saskatoon Berry hot cider uh, mix. And it's like a concentrate, and you just mix it with hot water. Holy shit. Shit, is that good stuff, man? Mm, that sounds tasty. Yeah, it's really good. So uh, they are not an advertiser, but they are. It is really good. You can find it at pearsonsberryfarm.ca if you would like, and it's $15 a bottle. So it's fantastic stuff. So definitely check that out. Um, mm, but yeah, good. it's really good. They got other stuff too. They got a whole bunch of other products, but we'll get into that another day. So... We got the MMF providing mortgages or loans or grants or something to get you into a mortgage. I don't know if you had much of a chance to read this, Jason, but um, essentially what it is is the MMF is bragging that they are now going to offer a loan slash grant towards a down payment on a new property for first-time home buyers that happen to be members of the Métis, Manitoba Métis Federation. Um, so I don't know if, did you have any initial thoughts on that, Jay? Well, I did, I did see that. And I mean, right out of the gate, that sounds amazing. Here you have an opportunity through the MMF to get access to funding to, you know, purchase your first home. And at the outset, that you know, that sounds like a pretty good program, right? Oh yeah. Like what Métis person wouldn't like access to some funds to help you buy a house? Um, but really... Um, if you go any further than that in the conversation, it really starts to, you know, look ugly, <laughs> you know, if that's, if that's where you, uh, if that's where you wanted to leave the conversation, that sounds really good. It does. And that's just it on, on initial face value. That sounds great. Hey, they're going to help out new homeowners. Um, and I, I have a couple of quotes here from the ever wondrous David Chartrand, uh, and his quote was, or so I guess to give people a little, little uh, history on this, and, and this will come out in these quotes. Um, the Métis were promised land. Instead, our, the ancestors were dispossessed of their land, said MMF President David Chartrand. We are righting that wrong and giving our citizens an opportunity at homeownership in the province that the Manitoba Métis created. So, which again, sounds really lovely. It's very flowery. But you've essentially traded... What was to be about? I think it was five to six thousand acres of or hectares of land or something. Uh, you've essentially traded that for a lifetime of mortgage debt and property taxes. Yeah, yeah, essentially. So, and this has been pointed out not only just by us, but uh, Christy Belcourt was actually uh, pointing this out that yay! So now everybody's going to be saddled with debt and taxes. That's fantastic. What a what a healthy trade off. Because who wants land, right? Well, and I think that's the real challenge when we, we talk about this, isn't it, is we're talking about enfranchisement. We're talking about Métis people continuing to become 
part of the Canadian economic system um, not finding our rightful place back on the land. And I think that's really the dichotomy of this conversation. You know, we have this money made available by the government. And let's be honest, this program is not unique to Métis people. The government offers it in different venues uh, through different organizations to different people right across Canada. Yes. For first-time homeowners, um, just depends on the, your situation. So, it's, A, it's not a unique program that somehow Métis people are special in getting it. And second, really, um, how many Métis people are now financially in a place, given the current economic situation, even in Manitoba, to take advantage of this program adequately? Well, and I, I do know a few people that have taken advantage of this, what I'm assuming is the exact same program uh, here in Alberta. And it's basically for low-income uh, people. And from what I understand of the program, and I may have some of the details wrong because I've, I've never been through the program. So, But I, from what I understand is, so you get, let's say you need $10,000 for a down payment. So they'll say, okay, we will provide you that 10000 and and whatever fees are associated, like the inspection fee and all that stuff. That's all included in, in what they give you. And then they say, okay, but, you, and it's not just on any property. You can only pick certain properties that we have available to this program. So then you got to pick one of those properties. So it's very selective in that. And then on top of that, they say, okay, you have in the first five years, your mortgage payments are going to be higher in order to pay back most of that quote-unquote loan. And if at any point in time in the first five years you you default or you fail to make your payments, you owe us the entire amount back. And so if this is the same program, which I suspect it, it is, I mean, that is that really a head start? And I mean, what kind of trade-off is it to trade off land that was supposed to be given to Métis people for basically a, 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 a debt program? Well, and, and I think that really is it. So, I mean, on one hand, if we look at it, you and I both know that when you run a nonprofit, anytime you get um, government funding, it can only be used for what the program is for. Yeah. So, I'm happy that the MMF has the ability to administrate a program specifically targeting Métis people for first-time homeownership. However, like you said, that program, regardless of who's administrating it, is fraught with problems. And if you are already in a low-income situation, uh, given the current economic situation in Canada, unless you have a very good guarantee for the next five years, you could actually wind up in a much worse situation than you started out with. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think so. And then, and, and like you said, then you weigh that against, you know, even further, uh, you know, our our Métis Indigenous title of what we should be getting as far as land and reconciliation and those wonderful things. And the gap really widens about what's good, what's right, and what's equitable. Absolutely. There was another um, <clears throat> a person that commented on Facebook that I'd seen, and I thought it was a really good comment. And they had said that, um, and I'll quote what they said, I see the gesture, but this is more important than owning a home. For our community, this is about taking care of land, harvesting, the freedom to trade, and ability to know how to communicate with every plant and animal and clean water. Surrounded by aunties, uncles, elders, sisters, with the freedom to be indigenous, um, without colonial law imposing itself on top of our natural law. And I thought that was a really great way to, to put that, because that that is really what this boils down to, is you've traded off your indigenous right to land for 
the colonial, you know, fee simple land ownership program, which we all know you don't actually really truly own the land in any urban center. So it's just, it's just such an empty, empty gesture. And I, I applaud them for doing it. I think it's great. I think if people need help getting into a home, I think this is a great way to do it. I've seen these success stories here in Alberta from the people that I know that have taken part in that program. But at the same time, yeah, like, is this really the best that we can get? Is this the head start that Riel wanted was for us to owe, you know, millions and millions of dollars into the Canadian tip banking system? Well, and I think that's the point. Um, you know, we, we've seen the organization, the cartel, has really compromised a lot of core values of Métis people over the last several years uh, through the Trudeau government for access to administrate these programs and services is really what it boils down to. They've compromised the push for land, the compromise for push for language, the, you know, all the core values for harvesting. You know, we, we've compromised through the the MNC and its affiliates all the core values of, of Métis identity and its connection to the land in favor of the administration of these programs and services uh, for Métis people. And, and it is, I think, a very poor trade-off. Absolutely. And I just, I, I'm, I'm sad to see them so proud of the fact that they have traded away the this right to land for such little programs. Like, I know that through that lawsuit that they won, uh, there's supposed to be a few hundred million dollars coming down the pipe and stuff, and which obviously we, we haven't seen yet. But I just, like, I... I to me, this is a program you could have done that has nothing to do with the head start that was negotiated when it came to the land that was supposed to be set aside for Métis people and the descendants of Red River Métis. Um, so this is a program that, to me, they could have just signed up for and said, hey, this is a great program we're now offering. And I would have went, hey, that is actually a great program you're now offering. But to say that this mm-hmm. is a program in place of the land and and this is the head start that Riel wanted us to have I, I don't that's just so misleading and it it's it just it, to me again it shows how colonial all of these uh, you know the cartel and a lot of these organizations have become they're just so brainwashed to think this is a great trade off between actually having rights to land oh no instead we get you know debt mortgage debt but that that's a good trade off so it's just really sad to me, to be honest. Well, it, it really shows the core value system, though, of the entire organization and its administration. They don't see themselves um, as fighting for an Indigenous title anymore. They really do see themselves as an uh, Indigenous branch of the government to administrate programs and services for the government to Métis people. Yes. They're the, the go-between between the Métis person and the federal government or provincial government, whoever is giving the funding out. And so whether it's about jobs, whether it's about housing, whether it's about health, uh, they are the administrative body for the government for those programs and services. That's really the way they position themselves. They're not the organization who are leading the forefront fight for the return of Métis lands, for the return of the things that were taken, you know, to see real restitution for Métis people. We don't see that anywhere in the conversation other than, you know, like you said, repackaging these programs and services as steps 
towards that, you know, this never ending, you know, micro stepping to that end goal that, you know, we're, we're on, you know, the wizard of Oz here on the yellow brick road. And one day we'll, <laughs> we'll get to see the, the wizard at the end. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yeah, no, I just, um, I, I, I think it's personally to me, it's almost insulting that they would roll this program out as though this is the, the great be all and end all, or the great first step or however they want to word it. When realistically, this program is aimed at low-income people. This program is available already and has been for years. I The first person that I knew took advantage of this program um, that I knew was, had to have been at least six years ago here in Alberta. So it, it's it's kind of almost insulting to, to have them roll this out as though this is some great new thing that they've, they're offering. But really, the government's been offering this to, to many people for for a long time. So this isn't even a Métis benefit. This isn't even a, you know, I mean, it's a benefit to the MMF members, I suppose. But, and then that brings up the whole thing of, okay, so if my family's from Red River, but I live in Alberta, how does that help me now? Because that land was promised to me because my family was in Red River. (laughs) And so now you have this Mm -hmm. clash well, what does Alberta, Saskatchewan, BC, and Ontario get? Whatever is left in BC and Ontario, like what out of this program? What do they get? Well, and I think that's what we're really seeing, though, is the MMF is taking the forefront to because they they are in Manitoba and they represent you know uh, Red River proper in his historic lands, but there isn't, like you said, the acknowledgement that the majority of of the Métis people in Alberta are Red River Métis people who are simply displaced, and so. Uh, when you're talking about the rights for Red River Métis people, you know they're excluded from benefiting in that program. And and again, but like you said, we, I think people need to be very aware. These are not new programs and services. This is not some new venture that's exclusive to Métis people. All the MMF has done is shown that they are a worthy uh, agency to administer these programs and services for Métis people. Uh, there's other organizations that do it on behalf of the, the government as well. Absolutely. So the fact that I see this really nothing more than using Métis language, Métis culture, using people like Riel and his vision for Métis people as good political propaganda to cover up the fact that they are not an Indigenous rights organization. They are a government uh, agency with an indigenous label. And I think those are two very different things. Uh, and we need to be very aware of that. They, they administer programs and services on behalf of the federal government. They're not there to fight for your rights. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's a great way to put that. I, um, I just, uh, <laughs> as you were talking, I was thinking about, um, you know, what if, uh, what, what, if, what if, you know, another organization was to offer, you know, go make a partnership with a private corporation uh, to offer some sort of health benefits that's being offered to the entire rest of corporate Canada. Uh, would that then be this great Métis program? Like, it, and and that's the, you know, I guess that's that is uh, one of the things about this is they're labeling these things as though this is a Métis program. Well, no, it's a program that the members of the MMF are now included in. But it's not a Métis program. This has nothing to do with with the land that was promised. This is just simply a program that they've been able to piggyback on. 
And uh, I, again, I think that's wholeheartedly insulting to Métis people to know that these are the people standing at the top, supposedly and theoretically, negotiating on your behalf. Are they doing a good job when you, when you, when you signed that oath of membership to these organizations? Are they really upholding their end of that deal? Because, like you just said, they're just they they just seem to be government agencies offering programs, not actually fighting for you or negotiating for you. Um, you know, the next big announcement is going to be what? Like they're going to offer dental coverage through Sun Life, like every other corporation in Canada does. And this is going to be the great Métis program that they're going to offer. Like I, I, I just don't, I don't understand how this is a step forward, you know, and they keep talking about how this is a head start and this is a head start. This is the head start that we were promised. And, uh, you know, they actually said this program will give Métis families the head start that was originally promised in 1870 Manitoba Act. And I, I wholeheartedly disagree. And it would seem that people like Christy Belcourt and others are very much in agreement with us where this is not a head start program. No, how can it be? I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's a risky proposition at best, like you pointed out, that the fact that you're already targeting uh, people who under the banking system of the colonial government don't qualify for a mortgage through traditional means. And so we have these programs and services to enable those people. But again, it's a given, you know, the job market in Canada, given how fluid things are, you know, to get a mortgage where you could end up not only defaulting on your mortgage, but end, end up owning, owing uh, whoever granted you the money in the beginning, all that money back. Uh, that's risky. Absolutely. And, and, I think that's what I would like to find out more is is what happens, uh, like how does this program actually work? And because they've been very vague about it, um, and they've made it seem as though this is a grant that you're just given up to fifteen thousand dollars to put down on a house, and you don't ever have to pay it back. I don't know if that's really true. Um, if it, if that was the case, then this kind of would be a unique program, and I I would all I would have a bit more respect for it in that way. Um, uh, just in the fact that you are actually helping people get into a home, but I, I just don't, I don't believe that it is. I don't believe that they're just giving money out to people to buy a home. So yeah, it would be very interesting to see with uh, some of the first people that sign up, like what are, what is the actual paperwork? What's the fine print? What do you, what do you, what happens if you don't make your payments or you can't, or you got to renegotiate cause you lost your job and now you got another job, but it pays less, you know? So just kind of those things, I'd be very curious to see or learn more about it anyway. That's right. And, and like we said, I, th- I really feel that, that while Métis people are entitled to programs and services, you're, you're entitled to those things. This is not a unique program. It's not even a new program. And these continual rollouts of programs and services seem to be at the expense of real conversations about the restoration of land and title. And I think it is a smoke and mirrors distraction from the conversation because these guys and these organizations are not in a place to do that and haven't been for a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, if, if they, if they, I just, I don't know, there's so many other ways I think you could go with this, like, you know, with programs even and stuff like this is great, but you know, at the end of the day, people want land. You, you're a landless people in Manitoba. You're supposed to have land, but you don't. And and you have to, somebody has to be fighting for that. And it just seems to me like these, you know, again, these organizations just simply go, 
well, that's what the government said no, and they're going to give us this program instead. So, yeah, hey, this is great. We're going to take it. Like, that seems to be the extent of their negotiating skills is whatever the government offers, we'll take. And uh, I just think it's well, a very I, I, sad thing. And I think that's the whole point, though, is I don't think there is a negotiation. Yeah, the, no. These got, the, these isn't, I mean, the MNC is a government agency funded by the government. Every paycheck that's paid by them is paid by the government. And so their whole existence is at the whim of the levels of government. To it, And then, so what are they doing? What are they getting paid for? They're getting paid to administrate these programs and services. Yeah. You know, they might piggyback on an individual's lawsuit, you know, the Pally family. Yeah. That was their own, that was their own case. <clears throat> yep. Uh, Harry Daniels, that was his own case. Yes. You know, we have individual Métis people who have gone the extra mile to push for our rights and recognition of our title. Yeah. Never once has it been this national organization. They no. have never independently no. launched a court case on our behalf, on anyone's behalf. No. And um, yeah. So the, the very fact that people keep looking to them, that somehow they're going to be the mechanism by which we get a, a conversation started about getting real land, like dirt that belongs to Métis people. Yeah. When in the in the history of this organization, that's never happened. No, absolutely not. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned those, those court cases, and I mean, these are the same organizations that were against Harry Daniels for, for years and years and years until it was very obvious it was going to the Supreme Court. Then suddenly they're on board. You know, so it's... It's very disheartening to see this because I, they are just trading away uh, Métis people's rights. They're just and and it's it's like it's a game for them. Um, it's like it's a joke or 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 they just don't care because, like you said, they're getting paid. And I'm sure this program will come with uh, ten new staff members for to fill up their office so that they can say, "Well, look how many how much staff we have. We're a really." big organization now and that means we're awesome when it really just means that you're bloated and you get paid way you get way too much money from the government to do exactly what the government tells you um <clears throat> and i kind of touched on this last week with the languages act where the mnc and the afn were both like this is awesome it's a great first step and you know the inuit were like uh we weren't consulted properly this thing sucks and we don't like it <laughs> <laughs> So it, it was a really clear example of what what we're seeing here, where these guys are just, uh, once again, they're just puppets for the government. And if the government says, look, why don't we give you guys this program? They just simply take it and then roll it out as though it's their own. And, and it, it just does such a huge disservice to Métis people, and I think it insults Métis people. Um, and I, I, I don't know how these guys sleep at night on their pillows of money that they get from the government. I really don't. I think the real dangerous part of this that I think people need to be aware of is that it sidelines the conversation. Yep. You know, we, we don't talk about land. We don't talk about title. We don't talk about our rights. We don't talk about restitution because we're sidelined with these programs and services. And I think really that is the point of what the federal government is doing. And they're using the MNC and, and the MMF to accomplish this fact is that they don't want to talk about land. The federal government has no interest in talking about land, in title, in honest nation-to-nation -nation relationships with the Métis people. 
they are interested in programs and services and making sure that the Métis people completely stay enfranchised. And so to make sure the Métis people get even more enfranchised, let's give them a house and a mortgage so they can pay more taxes and be more in debt tomorrow than they are today. Absolutely. You're going to have a hard time. You know, if Métis people 10 years from now get land and you've got to sell your house to move there, you're going to have a hard time because you're in debt. Yeah. And I think the reality is, is the government is more interested in our enfranchisement and what better way to do that to get you into a mortgage so you can have all the debt that everybody else has. (laughs) And, you know, and we never have to have that conversation. We don't have a national organization with the kind of money that the MNC does fighting to have that on the table. It's this constant sideline thing. Oh, we're, we're making steps there. We're making progress there. We're look, we're getting houses, we're getting money, we're getting programs, we're getting services, we've got billions of dollars on the table and not one acre of land. Yep. And I think that's in itself, you know, speaks volumes to what this organization is really about. Absolutely. And that's a great point, um, you know, is is just the fact that um, now, now that they've accepted this as the replacement for the land that they were supposed to be given, well, the government's never going to go back now. They're always going to come to the point where even if they went and sat down and tried to negotiate, now the government's going to go, well, no, but we started this program for you guys. Don't you remember? And so what they've done is they've negotiated away um, basically your right to that land if you're a member of the MMF. So you can get a mortgage. And again, this only helps first-time homeowners, so it's not like this helps anybody else. So all of the other Métis that are in the organization that aren't first-time homebuyers, now you just have no chance of ever getting land because this is the Head Start program that they are substituting it with. And so now the government can say, hey, you guys want to, there was a Head Start program and you guys have a Head Start program. I mean, what could be better? We've lived up to our promise. And so... You know, again, how do I wonder how all the other Métis in Manitoba feel who don't have access to this program because they already own their house? So how does this ben- how does this benefit them now? They're just left in the dark, like everybody else, I guess. Well, and I think you're right because it's it's because of programs and services like this that it sidelines the conversation. It's very hard when you're dealing dealing with the federal government. You know, when they're giving you this program and services to for housing. It's very hard for you to then turn around and say, well, that was all very nice, uh, and that's a nice start, but when are we going to get land? When are we going to get acreage? You know, where does our quarter section start? Absolutely. You know, it's very hard to, to go back and have that, that fire-up conversation. Yeah. And so we're continually sidelined with these programs. For sure. And then I'm curious to see what will happen in these other provinces. So, it, you know, all this Trudeau money was promised for housing. Is this what they meant? So... Uh, how long is it going to be for before Alberta announces that they have this exact same program for all of their Métis members um, and Saskatchewan and the small chunks of the other two provinces that are that they have? Like, so again, you know, here we are sitting here. We have you know people living in shanties and stuff like that who can't afford a mortgage, <clears throat> and they're supposed to have land that they can build on, that they can live on, that they don't have to constantly pay property taxes and and all this other shit on. And that's not in the deal. <laughs> so we'll help you buy your first house. That's what this is. And so that's it, it might help some, but it's definitely not going to help everyone uh, who has a housing issue who's Métis. 
Um, and, and I think that's really sad. And, and then on, on, you know, continuing that, how does this affect the Métis settlements? Do they, is there like this housing money that's kicking into this program for MMF? Do they get an equal portion to put into a housing program for them? Like I, this, it's very, it's very limiting the amount of information you have, but if this is the type of programs they're going to roll out with those, you know, $500 million for housing, I, I think they're really lacking in a big way. Well, yeah. And I think you're right. There's just, there's a lot of open-ended questions. There's a lot of inequality. There's a lot of, of things we don't know, but I think the more you really recognize that, this is another program and services that is really going to that does tie up a lot of money in a singular program that meets the needs of the very few. Yeah. Um, and we, we, you and I both know people personally who, as Métis people, are still basically living on the side of the road. Yep. On a road allowance. Yeah. And yeah. is how's that going to help them? Exactly. You know, they don't qualify for a mortgage in any sense of the word. They're not going to have a better place to live. They're not even going to have a piece of land to park their you know camper they're living in now on on metis land yeah exactly and so we continually sideline the people who need restitution and recognition of our metis title we we know that's what we need if we could get that we could help those people absolutely instead that whole conversation gets sidelined because of the of you know we have a government program it's already instituted it's already got its own organization we just you know we we put a metis brand on it Yep. You know, a Métis flag in front of it. And all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, wow, there you go. But that's not new. It's not, you know, it's not a new initiative. This is just making the MMF the steward of a program that's already offered in different venues. And we just put a Métis label on it. And that's somehow supposed to, what, make the conversation be good? Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's a very limiting, limited way to view a Head Start program. Like, what is a Head Start? Now, when I think of giving someone a Head Start, it's like, you know, like, what what I really start to think about when I think of those those actual words is, you know, parents that maybe saved up enough money to put their kid through, like, a four-year degree so that they can come out without... Um, huge amount of debt and they can start their life or their career without that debt load. To me, that's a good head start because you've, you've come out of that with a usable skill. You can, you know, then go find jobs. You can, and, and you're kind of ahead of the game already. But, and, but this is a very limited way to look at what, what does a head start mean? Like is a head start simply owning home. That's it. Just buy a house or condo, whatever it is you're buying. Is that really a head start or is, um, is a head start giving people the the tools for them to actually succeed in business, in in life, in in whatever it is that they want to do? So you know, this is a very limiting program. Again, of like you said, available to a very small portion of people, and it 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 allows you to get into a house. Yes, but that isn't necessarily the be all and end all of of where you need to start your life. Um, to some but I think you're. I think you're very right, though. Is if you take it at that face value, it helps. It helps you get into a house. But is it helping you get into a house ahead of where you and I got into a house, Darcy? Yeah. No, it's not. It's really helping you get into a house 
at the same place you and I did. You yes. see, I had to qualify for a mortgage. You had to call, qualify for a mortgage. Everyone who has a house had to qualify for a mortgage. What this is doing is helping low-income people qualify for the same mortgage. Exactly. So how did they get it? How did they get ahead of me? They didn't. They got to equal footing with me and now carry the same debt load and all the roles and responsibilities of home ownership. Yes. That's not. You're not ahead. <laughs> no. You just got. You just got to the same place we are. Yeah, Lee. So. I'm happy that you have the opportunity and I don't begrudge anybody who takes advantage of that opportunity, but that's not a head start. No. It might be it might be a leg up to help you where you couldn't go, you get to go. But then comes all the roles and responsibilities with home ownership, which is not always all it's cracked up to be either. <laughs> Says a guy who's been doing renovations for a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the truth. Like it, it's a head start on home ownership. But it is not a head start as far as life goes. And that's why I really liked how the this one lady had said that where, like, this is supposed to be about the land and about learning our, you know, our, our indigenous ways and being being part of the land and understanding harvesting and 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 even trade and things like that and 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 having that head start on life. And and this this addresses none of that. This addresses home ownership, which is a very colonial thing in and of itself. But it doesn't address harvesting rights. It doesn't address indigenous rights for spiritual practices, for, you know, um, you know, community building, anything like that. I mean, it doesn't even set aside land where people maybe don't even, can't even live, but they can go to to practice indigenous ways and connect with the land. This is just simply home ownership, which is, which it, really has nothing to do with indigenous values. It, it <laughs> So this is like the furthest thing from an indigenous program that you could possibly offer. This is a Canadian program, a very colonial Canadian program, to get you, as you said earlier, to get you in the system, to get you into the colonial system, to enfranchise you. And that's what this is. I, I, uh, you know, I mean, the fact that they're going to roll this out as a head start instead of offering land just tells you exactly um, where where everybody's minds are at in the in all these organizations and in the government. Where, hey, if you just enfranchise and become part of the system, it'll just be better for you. Well, we totally see that from the government. Like, I have no no blinders on when it comes to understanding why the government is doing what they're doing. Why they're using the MMF and the MNC to roll out these programs is a no-brainer. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Oh, for sure. You have you have these government organizations who have been, you know, they go through the audits. You know, the government's well aware of of all of what they are, and so to use them as a means to roll out programs and services is exactly what uh, you know Trudeau is going to be doing in his run-up to the election. It's a very easy thing to see. Yep. Absolutely. What I don't understand at all uh, as a Métis person is why the MNC and the MMF, if they're really about rights and they're really about reconciliation for Métis people, would let themselves be used that way. And it really goes to show where their core value is. You know, if you're a minister sitting at the MMF table representing Métis people with your beaded vest and sash on, it's very clear (laughs) you see yourself as an equivalent to a government counterpart. Yep. And you're there just as, as a minister is in the colonial system to administrate those programs and services, you know, for Canadian citizens. You know, we see these people calling themselves ministers within the MMF. 
doing the same thing, rolling out programs and services for Métis people. Yes. That's not an organization, like I said before, fighting for your rights. And I think that's they, they've shown that. Why they let themselves be used that way? I don't know. I can't answer that one. Well, I think it's pretty obvious. The, the more that they allow this themselves to be used this way, the more they get funding for. I mean, you know, they've all undertaken membership reviews over the last five, five or six years, and um, they've lost members, but their funding hasn't gone down at all. In fact, it's continuing to go up. And so they're getting, they're getting very well paid to offer these what I call nominal programs and services because they're not even, they're not something that addresses Métis specific issues. They're not something that addresses Métis specific concerns. They're just a program the government offers to just about anybody. I mean, it's like saying, "Hey, we have this new uh, free healthcare uh, card that you know you can get through the MMF." It'll allow you to go to the emergency room and get services. Well, every Canadian has that. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it, it's just rehashing programs that are already there. So they're not Métis specific. And, and yeah, like I agree with you. I don't know how these guys think that they're the great negotiators for Métis people when all they're doing is repackaging programs that already exist and then rolling them out as Métis programs when... I mean, even in this program itself, we've talked a few, about several ways how it doesn't address any Métis specific issues or concerns with housing or with a head start or anything. So, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's just repackaged beef. <laughs> that's all it is. Three day old beef that's repackaged with some new stuff. And that and that's right. And I think that's where the real snow job comes in. I think these guys at the MMF and the MMC are are very good politicians. They are very good yes. at wrapping themselves in their patented blue flag and their, you know, beater smoker's hat and telling Métis people it's a step up uh, yeah. or a step ahead. And it's very good language, very good PR. But really, when you look at the meat and potatoes of this, you know, organization and these rollout of these programs and services, what is, what's the real value system behind it? What does it really mean for the future of Métis people? Yeah, moving forward, um, you know, and, and that's what it boils down to. And I think what we're seeing is Trudeau is very much using these organizations and these, you know, not new programs and services. You know, they're re, you know, it's like a can of soup. You pull the old label off, you put a new label on, it's still the same soup. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's what's happening with these programs and services from AT people. Yes. And it's at the expense of the conversation that we're not having anymore, that the MMF's not having, the MNC's not having, about what is what is really reconciliation really look like for Métis people. Absolutely. And and are we trading it? Are we trading land? Are we trading title? Are we trading, you know, the true vision of what our ancestors had for our own people? Are we trading that for this conversation of programs and services, you know, these get ahead type things? Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I mean, I want to be very clear. I think this is a great program. I think it, I've seen it help uh, a number of people. Um, and so to offer it to Métis people and say, look, we've, we went to the, 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 you know, Canadian housing or mortgage or whatever the hell that organization's called. And, and we negotiated to become part of this program with some changes so that it's very Métis specific. When you fill out your application you don't have to meet all these other criteria that they had for everyone else. There's a few that are different for our Métis members only. 
I think that's a great thing to do. But don't but not when you're rolling it out as a head start program in lieu of land, in lieu of your rights to that land. If this was just a program they offered and said, look, you know, we went and we did this so that we can get people into housing if they if they can take advantage of this. We're going to work on 20 other programs now to help other people do these things. To me, that is kind of part of their job. But don't try to sell it to us as though this is like such an amazing feat of negotiating and, and wondrous fighting that they've done to really push the Canadian government to force them into the corner to give out these dollars for this program. Just just be honest with it and just say, look, we, we approached the government, we approached this organization, we said we want in on that, we, we, we negotiated some changes so that it's specific to our Métis members, and boom, there you go. There's a program we can offer. That's, that's great. But the, the way they're selling it, I think, is, is very shady and is very misleading. And it, it speaks volumes to how they always roll out these programs where there's a lot of you know misleading statements made about what this program really is. Well, and it's always the conversation, like like we said before, it's the conversation that falls short. Yeah. It, it falls short of, I think, and does a disservice to Métis people's true drive. You know, we want to see that reconciliation. We want to see restitution for, sure. for past wrongs. Yeah. And I don't think these programs and services, and I don't think the continued short gap, uh, you know, if you look in other sectors, how they're rolled out, you know, talked about the you know, the language program. And you look at, at the shortfall that that program actually is. Um, yeah. We don't have that conversation of saying it's not right. You know, I mean, we, we keep saying the Trudeau government's making a good start. Yeah. We have to understand that's that's the only start they're going to make is a good one. They're never going to, there's never a follow-up. There's never a finish line in that conversation. Totally. You know, we're only, we're only concerned, concerned about, oh, look, we made a good start. Yeah, but when does this ever end it? Are we going to be another 200 years down the road before we see a real restitution? Well, no, uh, at, like, well, yeah, and one of the, uh, I went to listen to uh, Dr. Pam Palmater speak one time here in Calgary, and, and she talks about that a lot where she says, you know, the, the thing that drives her the insane the most is when she hears somebody say, well, this is a good first step. Because it's like, okay, you've had 150 plus years now to make good first steps. I think we're well beyond the point of first steps. So this program isn't a head start. It's not a first step. It's a program that you've rolled out to try to appease Métis people. Let's just be honest with what it is. Um, but enough with the first steps. Nobody's making first steps anymore. They made their first steps when they landed. <laughs> Those were first steps. Now, let's get into the meat and potatoes of, like you said, reconciliation or whatever you want to call this, restitution, um, equality, fairness. I mean... Let's get some Métis-specific programs that the government doesn't have with anybody else that actually address Métis issues and concerns. So, and... I, well, I, like, and like we brought up several times on the show, there's Métis people who right now, if we're talking about housing, could really benefit from a Métis-first-driven strategy to get yes. them off the side of the road. Yeah. You know, in the year 2019, we still have, we have Métis people living on a road allowance and, and you know, squatting, yeah. as it were, on Crown Land. Absolutely. But, he, but we don't have that conversation. It's, it's so frustrating it is. That, that you have these well-paid ministers of Métis affairs, you know, <laughs> yeah. touting themselves as saying, oh, I'm, you know, minister, blah, 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 and we're about to roll out this program so you can get a house. 
Yeah, How does that truly help the worst off among us as far as Métis people go? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it leaves so many people by the but It leaves so many people by the wayside. Like, it, mm-hmm. yeah, like, it, I don't know. If I think if they'd have rolled this out differently, I'd probably be a little more okay with it. But I think this is just a, an affront to a lot of indigenous uh, beliefs and and traditions. And in fact, I, I I can't even call this an indigenous program or a Métis program. This is just a program. That's all it is. And uh, it's just it is frustrating, like you said. And and I I think that's what's frustrating for for both of us is we. We talk about this stuff, and then the next week there will be another program that they roll out, and you go, oh, for my, like, this is the 20th time now. They've rolled out some stupid program that doesn't really help Métis people, but it creates more jobs in their office. They get another few million dollars to spend on office supplies and and, lawyers and traveling. Meanwhile, Métis are, are left standing, like you said, on the side of the road going, where's my piece of the pie? Where's my share? I don't. I don't get nothing. So it's very frustrating. Well, and again, whether it's on the language front, like you talked about last week, whether it's on housing front this week, we have programs and services that are largely are targeting a few people who can qualify. And by God, if you can qualify, do it and take advantage of whatever money you can get. Yes. No one begrudges anybody that. Absolutely not. My only nope. problem in this whole conversation is you have these self-proclaimed ministers and head yep. honchos of these organizations wrapping themselves in a Métis flag, rolling it out like it's a good first step for Métis <laughs> yeah. people. And like you said, 150 years later, we don't have any first steps left to take. Nope. And so it's very frustrating that this you know, basic, it means the equivalent of colonial politics, you get... You know, you can be the blue party, the red party, the green party, the purple party. No one cares. They wrap themselves in that, you know, fervor and and try to pitch it to you. But what's the truth of it? There's a, now a program targeted for Métis people to help Métis people get a house. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Can we now have a real conversation? And I think Christy Belcourt brought this up beautifully, that if it's great to have these programs, but after a billion dollars in promised funding, where's the land? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you we mentioned the language program, and I just kind of, I know I touched on that last week, and, uh, you know, I, I was telling you before the podcast, and for anybody who listened last week, my take on it was it was very interesting to watch the MNC and the AFN go on, blather on about how awesome this program was. Again, another first great first step by the government. Um, and the Inuit, uh, you know, again, props to Nathan Obed, uh, who said, no, this wasn't done with any with proper Inuit cons- consultation. We don't like it. Um, so I, I went ahead and I dug through these a little bit. My wife kind of got me some, gave me the idea to look at some of the numbers that Canada spends on languages programs. So... To give everybody an understanding, this this amazing and wonderful and s- s- such a great first step program that the government's doing, um, is, they're going to spend about eighty nine point nine million over the next three years on indigenous languages, um, which is mainly going to fund 
uh, some bureaucrats in Ottawa having an office and some staff to translate some materials and do things like that. So that's probably where the most of the money is going to go. But now you compare that to the English and the French programs that they have throughout the country, and they're spending $2.7 billion over the next five years um, for English and French programs. So then I was like, well, those seem like really big number, different like differences in numbers, but let's work those right down to the per-person amount that the government's spending. And the government spends about $76.43 per non-Indigenous Canadian for English and French programs, and they spend $53.71 per Indigenous person for Indigenous languages programs, so about 30% less, which coincidentally is about the same amount that they spend on education. There's about the same amount of gap in there. So it, it's another great example of where these, like you were saying, these guys are not like they're they're getting paid all this money to be these ministers. And what are they negotiating for? They they said this is a fantastic program. It's not even equally funded. <laughs> like, like and, and that's really my point in that is that we have this, you know, billion, you know, basically now the MNC is this billion dollar funded organization, billion dollar funded organization for yes. IT people that willingly accepts 30% across the board less because you're called a Métis person. Yeah. If I want to speak English and be assimilated into the Canadian society, well, the representation that I would have in the government is at 100. But if I want to, you know, exercise my Métis identity and I want to get involved in the Métis organization, I immediately, from my language, my indigenous language, have to take a 30% cut yeah, in the funding yeah. that's going to come to me and my children. Yep. And I'm supposed to believe that that's a good thing. <laughs> exactly, right? Like, And that's, I mean, this billion-dollar funded organization, that's the program they're going to run out for, roll out for us Indigenous Métis people, is a 30% less program. Now, I would, I would honestly almost be enthusiastic for that if I knew that their administration was doing such a better job than the colonial government that we were going to squeeze the extra money out to go the extra mile Yes, where the government was failing because of their huge overrun bureaucracy. Yes. But, but I have to tell you, I'm not sure I've got that kind of faith. <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, come on, G. That, I think you're just being negative now. I bet you what they're going to do is they're going to cut their travel budgets and to make up the difference. I'm sure they're going to do that, right? Oh, I, I can tell you. That's exactly <laughs> you, You're going to watch these ministers say that they're going to be putting in extra hours on a volunteer basis to make sure that this program goes the extra mile. You know, you just don't see it. You know, their right to stand up, Nate's right to stand up and say this is BS, that somehow the indigenous people are less deserving of having their language funded equally yeah. Yeah. to to the to the settler nation. Yeah. That's morally wrong. Absolutely. But we have a billion dollar making cartel that says no. Yeah. No, no. It's good. <laughs> we have a good first step. You know? Yeah. I'm one way, you know, just about jumping up and down here in a Richard Nixon moment going I'm not a crook. 
Well, and and not only are they saying, "Hey, we did," you know, this is awesome, but then they're saying, "Look at what we did. We negotiated this on behalf of Métis people." So then the question becomes, do they consider Métis people to be thirty percent less valuable than your average non-Indigenous Canadian? Because it would seem that way. Uh, in it, or are they just that horrible at negotiating? But again, you know, it's like you said, I, mean, I know there's no negotiating whatsoever. It's just the, the government comes up with these numbers and they just nod their heads. But um, it, it is, it's just such ridiculous stuff. And I, I don't know why people put up with it. I don't know why it is allowed to happen. I don't know why people sit back and just accept it. Because... You know, now here in Alberta, you're going to be able to see two more uh, Machif seminars on the weekends throughout the year than you normally would. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it, mm-hmm. this isn't going to trickle. Like, this is, you know, this is trickle down economics at its best because it's going to go into the organization, get funneled around a bunch of places, and get chewed up in bureaucracy. And then a tiny little drop is going to hit the the bottom of the bucket for for all of the rest of us to actually use to learn Machif. So it's very disheartening. Uh, I don't have the right answers. I just do know that these people need to start being held to account um, for this crap that they do. Well, and I think that's the whole point of everything we do. Um, yeah. You know, I think, you know, after you've listened to our shows for the stare down of almost 100 episodes now. Yes. Um, you should have an idea of where we stand on, <laughs> on the, you know, this organization specifically. <laughs> I think my only driving point tonight is um, Métis people need to demand more. They yes. need to be aware that we need to get past the political rhetoric in the Métis world. We need, need to get past the flag waving. And we need to get down to the nitty gritty of doing business about getting our just desserts yes. as Métis people to making, holding the, the, the colonial government to account for past deeds and making sure that when we talk about programs and services, they're Métis first programs and services. They're not, you know, personal programs that government's already rolled out somewhere else. And now they're trying to wedge it into, you know, the blue flag. Yeah. That's not good enough, and we need to demand more. We need to hold these people who are getting paid. We need to hold this billion-dollar behemoth, you know, organization to account. Absolutely. No, I think you're right. It's, uh, you know, we got uh, secondhand programs and, you know, recycled programs. We've got 30% less funding. The list just goes on and on and on. And yeah, they, somebody needs to hold their feet to the fire and say, like, this is, an un- this is unacceptable, guys. You're not representing Métis people. And, uh, you know, there, there are people that are starting to wake up to that. And there's people that are starting to move away from these organizations. I know um, I've seen people in Alberta, and I just seen a post on Facebook uh, yesterday about uh, a person who left the MNO. And uh, in a very public way, and he was very clear on his, his reasons why, and it was actually a very well well worded post. I thought uh, made it very clear as to why he was leaving, and I think I think that's what people need to understand is they have more power than than what they think they have. Um, if more people started leaving these organizations for other organizations that better represent their values and their their beliefs, or really start taking these their own organizations to task 
and show up at those AGAs and raise some shit. Because there are ways to get these people out of office. There's ways to to change these organizations. Unfortunately, it takes a huge amount of work and you got to be willing to put that work in. If you're not, then you can follow what other people are doing and saying, you know what, it's not worth it. I don't want to be part of this the, the this shit anymore. I want to move on to somewhere else. Um, and I've noticed that a few people have started moving on to the Métis Federation of Canada and, and, and organizations like that um, for, for these exact reasons, that they, they are not getting what they need out of these organizations. Well, and I think that's an important note, um, you know, that that uh, you hit on the, that on the head earlier is that over the, that we've seen over the course of the last, you know, four or five years, the membership role of every one of these organizations uh, provincially, whether the CMNA, the MMF, you know, Saskatchewan, and definitely now looking at Ontario, yeah. their membership has been reduced yep. and they're reductive in nature. Yes. And yet, just like you said, their funding isn't going down. So they're not an organization that's funded based on the amount of Métis people they represent. Yeah. So what are they funded for? And yeah. I think these kinds of questions are driving people, longstanding people within these organizations to understand that this organization is no longer an organization about Métis rights. You know, yep. they're, they're not the organization that's standing shoulder to shoulder with the Powleys, with the Daniels, that drove these things through the court systems over the years that it took. These organizations are not that kind of organization. And I think people are waking up to the fact that they want a voice of advocacy that's going to put Métis rights front and center. Yes. And they're waking up to the fact that the MNC and its affiliates are not that organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think we'll leave it there. Um, I I mean, I we can go on and on, I think, for a few more hours, but I think those are, those are good thoughts to leave it on. Um, I just want to remind people that if you enjoy having independent Métis media, such as The Jig Is Up, uh, you may want to head over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Podcast and sign up for, or no, sorry, I think it's actually The Jig Is Up, and sign up for as little as five bucks a month and you will be part of getting us to expand the show, bringing more voices to the show, all those kinds of great things and expanding our content, so it would be greatly appreciated. To all of you who have already joined our Patreon movement, I we appreciate you and we love you and thank you. And uh, I guess for now, for both Jason and I, uh, we'll be back next week. So until then, the jig is up. You are the spark that's starting a fire that will spread across this land. And it will be a fire that doesn't burn, but a fire that cleanses. A fire that ignites in our hearts and creates light. <laughs>